The desert sun beats down on my face. The wind wrestles my hair. Even standing well above the city of El Paso, the heat can be felt. Not only is the heat palpable, but so too is the vibrancy, the culture, the joy and the solidarity that exists within the community. When standing at the overlook, we see a vast urban expanse. Buildings roll on for what seems like forever and highways crisscross. It is not one city, but two. El Paso and Ciudad Juarez, twin cities framed as one. As Mexico unfolds out of sight, I'm aware of both the familiar and unfamiliar. I'm in the United States of America. And more specifically, I'm in the borderland. Estoy en la frontera. I'm Myra Baeza, and this is America the Borderland, a Moral Courage Project, a partnership of the University of Dayton's Human Rights Center and Proof, Media for Social Justice. Our goal is to visit sites of human rights crises, immerse ourselves in the community, and share out stories that challenge and broaden our understanding of crucial events. In the first season of Moral Courage Radio, a team of students traveled to Ferguson, Missouri to learn from people who witnessed and shaped the 2014 uprising. In May of 2018, 14 students and I went to El Paso, Texas. While there, we saw just how pervasive the effects of immigration are in the border region. In addition to the richness, warmth, and hospitality that we experienced, we also saw injustice sweep through the region and the compromise of long-held national values. This is Juan Cyber Coronado. During his 25 years at Bowie High School, he served as an advocate for his students when their constitutional rights were being attacked. Bowie High School was actually built in order to be segregated. In the uh, 1920s, the uh, Ku Klux Klan had the majority on the uh, school board here at El Paso ISD. And they'd recently built a wonderful campus, El Paso High School, and they realized that they did not want Mexican kids, especially not Mexican immigrant kids coming there. So they built a separate high school called Bowie High School, which was established basically to keep poor brown people away from affluent brown people and white people. At the same time, this school board began establishing more elementary schools either named after a Mexican killer or a slave owner. And it was a very clear message to who was in charge of the city. In the early 1990s, the first iteration of the border fence was constructed in El Paso. It was flimsy and known to the locals as the Tortilla Curtain. Right next to Bowie High School, a large hole appeared. And rather than patching it, Border Patrol used it as a funnel. The officers staked out on Bowie's campus and waited. And I was kind of shocked that the Border Patrol was on a public school doing this crap. 
And as I talked to more and more students, I discovered that almost all the students in South El Paso schools have at one time or another been harassed by the U.S. Border Patrol for the crime of being poor and brown and near the border, which is where they live. In 1992, a federal judge ruled that the Border Patrol violated the civil rights of Bowie High School students by coming onto school property and asking for proof of citizenship. Today, Juan teaches at a local community college. My mom's an educator. She's a professor. And so growing up, it was always just go to school, learn as much as you can, knowledge is power kind of thing. And I've always believed That's Moral that. Courage Project team member Hannah Gayheimer. To know that there are people that go to a school that claims to be a school but is actually not looking out for your best interests, it just kind of blew me away. And I found out that there were actually a number of stories that have happened since that case that happened back in 1992 with Juan. One of them was a cheating scandal that took place in the El Paso Independent School District. Administrators were trying to either skip kids from freshman year to junior year or hold kids back from entering sophomore year because in Texas there's a state test that all students are required to take their sophomore year of high school and El Paso Independent School District and Bowie High School did not want their students taking that test and failing it. Um, So they deleted transcript credits, they added credits, and there was this one high school guidance counselor who was the whistleblower who pointed this all out, ended up being um, a witness for the FBI in this entire case. Her name's Patricia Scott, and I just kind of heard about this. The cheating scandal started, we had a new, we had an administration change. When uh, the school year started for those kids, um, I ran my transcripts, and I noticed that the the credits that they had earned had been deleted. And I only knew that because I had copies of my old transcripts. So I started to cross-reference, and I said, oh, man, something is obviously wrong here. And they had lost enough credits to be freshmen for another year, and then some of them were given more credits to bump up to junior year. So I started asking questions, and with asking questions, I was getting written up once a week. Everything They were trying everything and anything to try and get rid of me. And I would bring it to the table and say, hey, these credits are missing. And they would say, well, uh, that's not something that you need to be uh, concerned with. Go, Heck yeah, they're my students. I want to find out why their credits are missing. I figured out that they were cheating our students of their transcript credits, their, uh, which was not right, you know. And these kids, they would get discouraged and they would just say, you know, I'm quitting school this guy, you know, I, I don't want to be here anymore. And, uh, I'm never going to graduate. I dropped out from high school, um, a typical larger kid, you know, I got pregnant when I was 18 and um, I was struggling financially. I was on and off with my well, my partner and um, I really didn't have as a, as a woman. Um, I didn't really have the support that I needed to be able to kind of like really find my place or develop. My name is Hilda Villegas and I grew up in El Paso. Um, and I also grew up in this barrio, this barrio Chamizal. I'm part of Familias Unidas del Chamizal. Um, we are a committee of residents in the barrio Chamizal. And we're, fight- we're do- um, working on four areas, which is the education, contamination, um, the community center and housing. Um, the, the education, it was important. Well, it was one of our most, most significant fights at that time. 
when I started. Due in part to Patricia Scott's testimony, in 2016, 17 administrators from across the school district were indicted, charged, and convicted of federal crimes for their involvement in the cheating scandal. Pat was forced out of her job, but was honored with a Community Leadership Award from the FBI for her role in the investigation. It was a district-wide thing, but I was the one that figured it out. And they, they picked up that they were doing this at all high schools, all the schools that had students from Mexico. <laughs> We've always been fighting the trucks, the truck traffic, because after NAFTA, we saw an increase of traffic because of the proximity to, to Mexico. And we have a lot of factories that shifted. They moved to, to Juarez, and um, they still cross their product to and from. So, like, our communities, what, they would, what you would call the gateway to Juarez, you know. And it's mainly used by, by these industries. They really don't have an investment in our community. And um, so they just use our streets, they pollute our streets, they pollute our high schools, yet there really isn't any development in terms of our community's infrastructure. And they really are not being held accountable in terms of what they're doing to our environment. So um, we've always been fighting the trucks, but now that we started to get involved with the education and seeing how our schools are really not that safe, and right now our biggest fight is that the district, like I mentioned before, they had really no intention on in investing in our schools and the education, but now they're spending like maybe, I would say $11.6 million to transfer their whole facilities operations along with their transportation hub of 124 school buses, and they're going to place them right next to our high school. There is no other high school that houses a transportation facility, and not just a transportation facility, but they also have the maintenance facility for all the vehicles of EPISD, along with their custodial and their um, service industries. Construction on the bus hub next to Bowie High School began just months after we left El Paso. Hilda, her daughter, and their neighbors in Chamisal continue to fight for environmental justice and the right to education. The reality of Bowie High School and the reality of El Paso is El Paso is a three-generation town. The first generation crosses the Rio Grande, the second generation crosses the interstate freeway, and the third generation leaves El Paso. And what you're starting to do, see if you start cracking down like this is the first generation crosses the Rio Grande and the second, third, and fourth generation stay in the impoverished neighborhoods adjacent to the Rio Grande because education's been denied to them. Walking through the barrio, dusty breezes carry the sounds of the kids playing after school. Trucks sit stalls waiting to cross the border as people wander in and out of the bakery. The neighborhood fills with the slow traffic of people getting off of work and families coming home as the day comes to an end. The sense of normalcy is interrupted by the sight of the green Border Patrol truck. And we are reminded of where we are. You know, it's not a matter of heroism, it's a matter of being pissed. And when you get pissed enough and you see abuse going on, if you don't stand up, then there's something wrong with you. This is America the Borderland, a moral courage project. In each episode of this season, we will feature stories of moral courage from the border region, stories we encountered during our visit to El Paso. 
driven by our curiosity to learn about threats to immigrant rights from people on the front line. In our next episode, we visit a bunker for deported veterans in Ciudad Juarez. When President Kennedy got killed, it really hurt my, my heart. When I got drafted, I didn't think twice about going to Vietnam, you know. I said, I'm going to try to help this country because they adapted, adapted me as an immigrant. I'm Myra Baeza. This episode was written by Hannah Gayheimer and engineered by Tom Amrine. With music by the Chamanas and special thanks to Manuel Calderon. Our producer is Joel Pruce and our associate producer is Rachel Carr. Find us across social media platforms and online at americatheborderland.org. We'll drop new episodes every Friday. If you enjoyed this one, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a review.